You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Leanne and I sat down with friends Jocelyn and Bree to talk all things difficult to discuss. Our intention with this conversation was to hold space to navigate the current state of the nation, the highs and the lows, the frustrations, and the overall anxiousness a lot of us are feeling, especially when it comes to racial identity, social movements, and things that are just difficult to navigate. I hope by the end of this, you walk away with the desire to learn from a perspective different from your own and a want to make things a little bit better. Enjoy the episode. It's a funny thing. Sometimes I feel like I shouldn't talk about race say her name, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff. And I don't mean to bypass it by that by any means. But I just want to let you guys talk. And if we have questions, we'll we'll pipe in. Tensions are high. (laughs) And yeah. And how there even today, like, I was thinking as I was posting trigger happy posting at this point, like triggered by the most recent black woman to die. And I don't really want to do the whole say her name thing because as you guys know on the internet right now, I'm, I'm feeling some type of way about that hashtag, about that movement, about what it's doing for us. And so I'm, I'm waking up. I scroll as everyone does in the morning and I'm just like, God damn, another one. How did, how did she go? And then I realized, like, that's a normalized fucking aspect of my life now is Mm. to go, oh, man, another one. And then you start scrolling, searching for how they died. Mm. Not how they lived, not who they were. Like, I'll do that with a movie. I'll see somebody on screen and I'll go, oh, what have they done with their life? But when I see somebody's name, I go, oh, how did they die? Yeah, that's a problem. It's fucked up. And I don't want, I don't, don't say my name like that. Look at my whole spectrum of life and you will humanize me in a way that is not being done for black women, for black femmes. So yeah, I just felt really nasty and triggered. And so I was just posting, posting, posting. And then I had to put my phone down because I realized (laughs) I've been posting for like three hours. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happens. I mean, like, that's what's happening to, to black femmes all over the world right now is that we get triggered and then we just start posting and we post our voices and what we're thinking and what we're, we're, we want to talk about. And those, mm-hmm. those little snippets, like I've said in, in uh, another live that I did, we just take those snippets and then we put them into like a Tupperware and then they just stack up. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sharing all of this, all of these voices, we're sharing all of this, this turmoil, but then what? We've just tacked up another thing that we've reshared on our page. You know, we've, we've reshared it in our stories, which are only 24 hours. So whatever you're sharing in there is not going to change the world. And so, and, and unless somebody screen caps it, screen shares it, I mean, what's the impact of just using our voices every time somebody dies and then nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing changes. 
Have you thought know. about like your ideal situation? I mean, obviously the ideal situation would be that you wouldn't wake up and be, there's another one, you know, like, I mean, yeah. obviously that we stopped um, dying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the goal for all of us here. Like we do not want that to, you know, to, to happen, obviously. But when it does in right now, obviously with everything with, this is where I struggle because I, I know we want to talk about, not talk about, say her name, but we also have to address, you know, George Floyd's death and yeah. Black Lives Matter and how I all mean, of we that can came still to say be. it because just because it's a hashtag and we don't want to plug the hashtag, it is a legitimate movement. It right. has traction. It has leaders. It has, it's, it's legit. I just can't subscribe to it anymore. The people that, that uphold that movement are not thinking about us all. They're not thinking about LGBTQ. They're not thinking about anybody. They, they think mental illness is a fucking white person created situation. Like I, okay, I, I don't know that. There's okay. st- yeah. There's, there's a lot of problematic stuff in there mixed in with say her name. It's not just black girls like me in there. I'm an outlier. I think that Brie can attest to that too, that we are outliers in the way that we communicate with people on the internet and the way that we live our lives and experience blackness. So say her name is very monolithic. It's like the same, they say the same thing in every single article. Well, that's the problem, right? It's like, becomes watered down almost and then it's say her name and her name and her name and, yes. and then what though where do you go from there it yeah. needs to be more than say somebody's name yeah it's it because it, it became more than just saying me too i mean we could have just kept going saying me too me too me too me too me too something there was a catalyst that changed and then there was something that they wanted to have happen and then it started to happen. People were being brought to justice. You know, underbellies were being turned, and we were seeing a whole bunch of nasty, cruddy stuff, including sex trafficking rings and a whole host of exploitation. Where is that for, say, her name? We right. need the catalyst. And what, what is the catalyst is what I'm trying to figure out. And I, I, I'm not, I, I, my brain can't be the only one to come up with that solution. You know what I mean? So are these the kinds of conversations that you're trying to have on your platforms by spreading the awareness of this and trying to either figure out a catalyst or spread enough awareness so that a catalyst happens on its own? Brie, you want to take one? You've got a really good platform on Twitch, and it's a completely different ballgame on that platform. Yes. Twitch is developing into a very interesting space with the added exposure and awareness that there are Black content creators on the internet not getting the recognition or acknowledgement that they deserve, and that has slowly started to change on Twitch within the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm seeing a lot more Black people on there being recognized have having their their channels shared with other communities but at the end of the day in terms of the say her name hashtag and the catalyst 
it's something that I don't think is going to happen organically by just spreading awareness because the awareness is there. People know black women are dying at a disproportionate rate. And we've all gotten the memo on that. Now, now is the time to start creating the, the health centers for SARS and people who, who don't identify on a gender spectrum and help. They need help that they're not able to get when there is a binary that separates people between male and female. People can't get the help they need if they don't fall into these categories. And that's part of why the thought of this happening organically for us to have these, this is catalyst seems unlikely because America in particular is not ready to separate between the binary into the real world of this is not this is a spectrum and not a binary and gender is a construct Brie you just brought us to such an intersection (laughs) because now we're we're talking about the the gender binary and why say her name is so problematic to Mm -hmm. the culture because our organic culture is not on a binary we express and celebrate all identity spectrums or at least we did until things became oppressive and suppressive and we were kind of channeled into this binary the indigenous north americans south americans they have the same thing where they didn't used to have this whole idea that there was a man and a woman there was a male and female it was masculine and feminine because it was energy and certain things had a feminine energy and so those were feminine uh, pronouns those were those were things that were in our language so now we're stuck in this binary and we have people with farce which were both of us are using which is a female assigned reproductive system we have people with farce and they don't really fit with black men and they don't really fit with black women because those are two very fractured identities in black culture. Mm. So awareness turns into education in-house because then we have to, we have to pour out all the information that we've been inundated with that we believe to be true and remind ourselves of what we originally believed. So say her name is going to, is it's got to encompass way more people than what is brought to mind when we say it, say her name. It's even in the, the wording. It's not inclusive. Yeah. It just isn't black. Black lives matter is more inclusive than say her name. Is that just like a, an, an overthought, do you think, on the people who founded this organization? No, it was intentional. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they want to say that in, in, as an afterthought, they probably wouldn't say that it was intentional. But when I remember that starting, which was right around Sandra Bland, mistake, I might be mistaken, it may have started earlier, there were a lot of online conversations about who exactly was included in Say Her Name. And that's when uh, the term TERF started to come in. It was around, uh, it was, that actually came into play around 2008. 
exactly. I looked that up today, actually. <laughs> it was. It was 2008. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was eight or nine, but that came in earlier. And really, it's just, it's, I can't remember the exact definition, but I can explain what it is. Do you Please. have the definition? I don't have on? it pulled up. No, but I can. Mm. I can pull it up. Okay. It's trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, it was started in 2008 or it was coined in 2008, excuse me, as an acronym for trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yeah. So things that TERFs will say uh, when we start bringing the conversation in it, who is included in say her name. My identity as a woman is intrinsically linked to my reproductive system. So when we say, say her name, we mean people who have a farce and who identify as her, she, woman. Okay. No X. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, and, and that's important too, because they also think that the X is problematic, that, they, that these people should just be called trans women. And that's what their title is. They should not be included in anything that is designated for woman. Wow. That's mainly what I believe. How so, did you, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, you keep going, you keep going. Well, I, I want to know how you became so passionate about this. Because it's something, I mean, I'm not like, maybe this is terrible, but it's not something that I've put a lot of thought into. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's so eye-opening for me to hear you say things like this. And so I would just love to know um, how you became so passionate about this. I think I'm passionate about being the best representation of myself and that, that identity starts with blackness and who my, my culture is. In doing that, I, I live in Arizona. There's not a lot of black people. There's more black people than there used to be. That's, actually amazing um there there seems to be a migration and i'm here for it uh, but i think growing up the only black kid in class the only black kid in an extracurricular activity i've missed out on a lot of my history and so there was a a, a time Right around the time that I decided that I was going to have kids, which was probably about two years before I got pregnant, I was like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> and how am I going to raise children to identify with anything if I don't even know? Like, I thought I was Ethiopian. My mom told me that we were Ethiopian. And I was like, okay. And she told me that in fourth grade. And I've been telling people that my whole life. I'm not. I'm Nigerian <laughs> and Cameroonian. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was way off base. I did like a fourth grade presentation. I was oh like, man, you were committed. A, a I like Ethiopian it. Still. Um, and I just, I had no idea. So 2008, we got a black president. Everyone wanted to recertify their black card and I was included. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started having kids. I had my son in 2011 and we moved to Portland, and that was a culture shock. There's a lot of racism and white supremacy up there, and I was not in Portland at all. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Wow. I had no idea. Ooh, child. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> that, yeah. Uh, I know everyone's pale because the sun doesn't shine up there. That's all I know. <laughs> Black Portland used to be um, something. Like, it was, it was kind of like Black Wall Street. Like, they had their little their little thing, but the, the whole history of, of black people there is literally we were shipped in from the South to do stuff uh, on the ports, and they made us these little, like, shanty towns up there in North Portland, and then they expected us all to go back once the work was done, and people had had families and children and established lives there, and so they kept them in the shanty towns because they were like, whatever, and they got sick of them, burned it down, and force migrated them even more north Portland. So now they're they're literally separated by water. Mm-hmm. The black area is separated by water. Cheaper than a freeway. It is. It is. You have to take a, a special freeway to get to North Portland. And when I got there, I was like, it's like a an island of all the black people in Portland. I'd never seen as that many, and I'd been there for two years. I had no idea. It still exists there. It's still there. Yeah. I was. I moved back here in 2000. When did I move back here, Bree? I don't remember. 16? 16, yeah. And I went to, to pregnancy fairs over in North Portland. They had Juneteenth and Kwanzaa uh, celebrations and all that kind of stuff. But that stuff is not in keep Portland weird, Portlandia. That's not there. It's very far removed. Yeah. So right around then, I have no clue. I felt the same way. I felt the same way, though. I felt the same way. So, yeah, I had my daughter in 2014. Mike Brown. all All the things that... I can't even remember them all because it was like one right after the other that summer of 2015, I believe. And that's when I had to make the decision. Am I going to learn about all of this or am I going to stay with my white husband, have my light skin babies and keep telling myself that, Oh, it's not that bad for me though. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not that dark and I'm not, you know, if I stay in the shade, (laughs) I'm real light and I can just kind of pass and go through life. My whole, all the people on my maternal side can pass. I'm just, I can't cause my daddy's dark. I hate that that is even <laughs> something that you have to like say like that's So yeah. like that just crushes me. Yeah. You got, yeah. You're so wonderful. Like I, I just, I can't even like that just to even think. And I you smile to hide the fact that I'm like, yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> Can relate. Oh. <laughs> what do you think of all this, Bree? I'm so curious. Um, sometimes I do this in her room. I'll just like ramble, and she's like, yes. <laughs> It's just nice to have other people who have language for feelings that I've dealt with for a very long time when I just didn't know how to communicate what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And then hanging out with Jocelyn, there's just often times where I'm like, wow, I had no idea I felt this way. And thank you for telling me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Every time I talk to her, I feel that way. I was telling Leanne that. I was like, I just leave. And I'm like, what just happened? (laughs) You get schooled in life with her. And I love it. (laughs) Yes. That's, that's why she's such a good doula. She's just, she's very well versed in 
life itself. Like she has a good <laughs> understanding of the precariousness of existence yeah. and how it can drift in different directions with just a, a slight breeze. And she knows how to flow with that. And I'm grateful to know her because I only want to surround myself with energies that get the world in a way that can enrich my existence. Mm. And she's very enriching. And when it comes to being black and a little ostracized from my own community because of where I live, and the amount of Black people that are around me, it's nice to have a connection with someone who's just as ostracized and seen as a little bit other by our own community. It's nice to have that support, that feeling of camaraderie. Oh, that's really beautiful. Thank you, baby. <laughs> really, really beautiful. Um, where did you grow up? Um, I mostly grew up here. I was born in Los Angeles, and I lived there till I was about five or six years old, and then my family moved to Mesa. And... I was the, I was one of three black kids in a school of 800 white kids. Wow. And I was the February display. My hair no. being straight up in the air was just a way for the class to have a good time in February. And it was, it was hard. It was hard because I, I lived my life high anxiety on a, on a very highly anxious state of being because I was surrounded by people now that didn't look like me. And I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin because I didn't look like them. And it was very othering to be so isolated in a pool of people that, not, that didn't necessarily have my best interests at heart. Because it was in that school that I was first called the N-word and learned what it meant when I told it back to my mother, who's white, because uh, I'm adopted. So I have a white mother and a black father and a black adopted brother who's half white. And so he's got his own issues to deal with, with racial identity. But uh, my mother taught me what the N-word stood for and to never allow someone to call me that again without them catching some hands. So I love your mom. <laughs> Mama's real good people. She yes, can, yes. I can tell already. I love that. <laughs> yeah, she was, she, she's awesome. How did you cope with that realizing that you said you felt the otherness? Like, what did you do with that? Um, internalized a lot of it and developed some really unhealthy coping mechanisms because I was a child with no real professional guidance on how to navigate that. And I, I, I've always felt different from other people. It's, it's, it's highly likely that I'm on the autism spectrum because it's just the way my brain processes information is very similar to little boys on the autism spectrum because they don't study the little black girls. So I don't mm. exactly know who to go to, to be like, Hey, am I autistic? But in terms of processing the emotional turmoil of being in an isolated state like that, I just became very introverted um, while being able to be personable to people. To, I was, I'm very good at getting people to like me because if they don't like me, I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's just the reality again. that I live with. Say it again. Um, yeah. If, if 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 I'm if I don't feel like I'm expressing myself in a way that is likable, I'm I'm literally in danger. Because if I don't kowtow to to police officers when they pull me over, if I don't treat guys that I'm dating who are white like their ego is not a problem. Like, I have a real fear that these people will kill me. Mm-hmm. These people will kill me. And that, that's never gone away, being, being in Arizona, that feeling. Because I don't feel like I can turn to my nearest neighbor 
and it's a black person where I feel safe because it's most likely a white person where I don't know where I stand. Right. So I don't feel safe in my own community because I don't feel like it's my community. It just feels like a place where I live. That breaks my heart. I know. I'm like yeah. holding back tears right now. I, know. I, hate, I really um, hate to hear that. I really do. I'm, my heart's just singing with praise. <laughs> I just, I really felt it. I felt the whole thing. Because <laughs> exa- it is exactly like that. She's still unpacking a lot of my internalized hatred for myself. She helps me unpack that because she'll call it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not only external, that feeling of, or that um, internalization. It's not just people out there who manifest this in our lives. It's, it's our parents, our mothers, our fathers. They don't, particularly like themselves either a lot of our black parents and they take it out on us whether they like it or not as an adult I was able to deal with it but my father literally told me on a phone call that he would not date black women because you know and I was like but I'm a black woman what the hell are you by that I didn't say anything but I just sat sat there on the phone like "Mm mm-hmm because that's all I could say because he's my father. This was two years ago. So I have the, the tools to deal with it because I was like, that's my dad. Is he's, uh, he practices massage noir and he doesn't like black women. He's had all of his children through black women, but he doesn't really like black women. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love my daddy, though. Like, right. And no, that's, yeah. that's the, the difficulty is that then at the end of the day, he's had a hard life. When I moved to Portland, he, he lived in North California when he was growing up. Okay. And he told me, oh, you're moving to Portland. Don't drive at night. And I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, Portland used to have uh, streetlight street light rules. Oh. Um, curfews and after dark white supremacists neo-nazis they troll for black people on occasion and it's happened enough times to that it's a warning when people go to Portland for him in his generation it's oh you're going up there be careful don't drive after dark mm-hmm. and it just rolled off his tongue and I was like okay and he was right he was absolutely right. I never drove at night there <laughs> unless I was going to a, a client or a birth or something like that. Like, yeah, but even then, that's in the back of your mind the entire time. Yeah. I mean, it's the back, in the back of my mind. Whenever I mean, I always, drive. yeah. That sucks. That's the part that sucks the most is I have anxiety about other people driving me around because of other stuff. I've been in car accidents. But I also have anxiety about driving. Mm-hmm. So it's like double anxiety because I'm worried about like crashing, but then I'm also worried about, okay, after the crash, is it my fault because they just decide it's my fault or like if I die, like <laughs> what's going to happen? <clears throat> That's every time I get in my car. I want, I, true transparency, most black women are medicated. Because this shit is too hard. 
and I take my meds. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be able to drive my kids around. I wouldn't be able. Do you talk about it with your kids? I mean, obviously, knowing you, I know you do. But um... Yeah, I do. Um, our conversations are different because they are light-skinned biracial children. Yeah. Their navigation through this is going to be completely different, completely and different. I'm not going to understand it sometimes. I'm just yeah. not. So sometimes it's, it's kind of it, – a lot of times – I have to explain it through the lens of how people feel about me as their mom, how people feel towards me. And by proxy, they understand that I'm a part of them. So a part of them is, is being hated on is, is, is oppressed. And they mm-hmm. see that disconnect with people like his dad, they are the oppressors and he, they see that, that duality, it's going to be difficult for them. They're only eight and five right now. So yeah. it's going to get more difficult as they get into school and yeah. just go out in the world. And I have to kind of navigate it with them as it happens. I can't give them very many tools because I don't know what it's going to be like out there for them either. Right. Yeah. No, I think about this because my brother and his wife are – bringing a baby into the world and it's going to be a mixed baby and in for our family, like how do we help navigate that? How do we make sure that they're safe and you know, that we're doing the right thing. I don't have the answers to that either. Cause I've never been in this situation, but I think about it a lot and I know my brother and his wife do constantly. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's hard to grapple with Sam and I kind of expected it. Sam also knows Brie. So this is a very small city that's large. It's like the largest, Got it. <laughs> the largest city, but we all know each other. <laughs> but uh, we all knew each other in high school, and he comes from a very religious white bread family. They okay. don't really branch out. Hilariously, every single one of his uh, siblings has married outside of whiteness and oh wow so their parents are are just like okay <laughs> how do I deal with this it it took a long time for them I was their first um interaction with a spouse outside of whiteness and so for them like my my mother-in-law still touches my hair <laughs> Like, I just, there's certain things that you can't, she asks, but she's so curious because she used to work at a hair salon. It's complex. So Mm -hmm. I do allow her to touch my hair. There is that consent that has to happen. And she understands that now because she didn't always understand that. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing Mm -hmm. for somebody in their 60s to realize that something is offensive and inappropriate without consent and good on her like but also on both of you well if that was her life too was just touching everyone's hair as you know at a hair salon i could just walk it up to everyone but that was the that was the thing is hair salons don't teach black hair care they don't teach about black hair so she had she has zero idea of how to care for black hair she's got half black grandchildren and she's like I don't even know how to deal with their hair on a sleepover like I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do 
And so I also have to express to her that my hair is not his hair and it's not her hair. And that's where you need to branch out from your understanding of hair. It's not all the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every single person's hair has like three different textures to it. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Which is why braiding is very important. So yeah, for her, it's just, it's, she has to figure it out on her own. And that's, that's the path that I take with people. Mm-hmm. I'm not just out for my black people. Like I, I can't be like that because y'all need help. We do. We do. And it's a taboo thing. And it's, it's, how do we navigate this? No. That's why I said you. you supposed to know what to do if you've never done it before. And the people who came before you had never done it before. And we're just supposed to expect you guys to read a couple articles, grab a couple eBooks and understand the plight of the world for the past like 400 years. Yeah. It's not going to work that way. This is like learning another country's history for you guys. I don't expect everyone to know after a couple years the entirety of of Canada's history from beginning to present. I don't expect that. (laughs) I was like, Leanne's Canadian. She might know. (laughs) No, I still don't know. Yeah, and as an American, I certainly don't know all the history. Boy, howdy. But as we learn about it, you have to understand that Black America is its own thing that has without a doubt navigated, a, and even before the Americas, there's there's a specific history that is not taught to anybody, including us. So we're learning with you as we're also educating you, and I think that's where a lot of frustration comes in on the internet because people are like. Why do I have to teach you? Why do I have to teach you? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, shit, because I have to teach you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got to be frustrating because you're looking at, I guess, white people in general as the oppressing people. Yet you still have to be the teacher because we don't. I, I can't be in your shoes. I, I don't no. know what it's like. Like, I physically can't do it. And so hearing that you are afraid every time you get in your vehicle. And I just, I was listening to NPR this morning. And they were talking about how every black parent has to teach their child at a certain age about how to navigate a police situation or mm-hmm. that they might be discriminated against and I I know I've heard those things before but it this is I guess the most it's ever sunk in for me is is with Mm. all that's going on and it's it's hard but I think it's it's definitely necessary and it's a it's a good thing overall it it's really sad that it took all this to make that happen but people are I think more people white people are listening than than ever before I do too I do too the truth spreads like a virus and Mm -hmm. you can't stop it once it's unleashed. And black people have been unleashed on the internet, y'all. You can't stop us now. (laughs) There's no undo button for that. That's that's the best part is that the the internet was very open before everyone thought about the person behind the screen. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Brie could explain that better, but I just remember the internet and its heyday when it was new and no one really talked about who they were. Right. And so everyone was friends. And yeah. that was so interesting as we shifted into profiles and we had to use our actual faces. We had to put our actual names. We had to create these, these um, simple pages on MySpace and LiveJournal and all that stuff that encapsulated who we were. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of black people, we sidebarred our blackness so hard so we could be accepted on the internet and now we're like oh my god I can be black on the internet oh oh this is great and having allies go oh hey I didn't know you were black hey (laughs) that's so crazy I did the same thing with my name yeah and like a reverse way I did that with my name and my career because Cal can be a male or a female name. And I got a lot of yeah. my callbacks just off the Cal thing. And they were always pleasantly surprised when it was, you know, a female that showed up <laughs> because <laughs> I, I dealt with it in that discrimination in that way and sexist, you know, or sexism, excuse me. But yeah, just for being yeah. a woman in the industry that I was trying to get into. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You had to, and it's, that's the intersection is that we also have to hide our, sexual organs and our orientations and we have to fit into this very specific mold of what it is to be either a femme on the internet we have to fit a very specific role for that if we're ever going to get attention which is what we want is attention on the internet right right we want our voices heard it's not the same (laughs) thank you if i wanted attention i would show you my boobs and then put a caption underneath that meant nothing it was like have a great day guys if i wanted to do that i could yeah i don't want attention i want people to pay attention yeah, fucking preach Ooh, yes yeah, i agree yeah. that's so beautiful it's a, it's a weird weird thing to navigate how to talk about it how to ask for help how to reach out how to just say like because i i get very nervous i mean obviously i'm tongue-tied even right now just talking amongst friends i just i don't want to say the wrong thing and i know i'm going to at some point um just because i don't know i don't have the education and i don't know where to start and it's not and i know that it's say that again you know what i tell you though i know (laughs) ask the wrong questions You'll get yeah. the right answer. If you don't ask, if you don't just say it out loud, you're probably yeah. wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Right. That's also right. where I think, and that could be a thing that you've been taught, that you've been inundated with, that you're right. Is that whatever conclusion you come to in your brain, because you have been conditioned to think uh, you're right, it's very hard to be wrong. Yeah, that's not been my experience. <laughs> I've always just, my experience is always just literally shut up. It's, it's not for you wrong. to deal with. Don't you say know anything. What that, you know what that is? That's your intersection with your gender. What do you mean? Because women are stupid and you oh, should yeah. shut up. That's what you just said. That's literally what you were just saying about yourself was that you just needed to shut up. And what do men tell yeah, us all the time no, is that right. we need to shut up. Yeah. 
No, we you're right. Too much noise. We talk. Oh, why don't you just get over it? We nag. Stop complaining. Yeah. It's like I'm not complaining. These are legitimate concerns that no one is taking seriously except me. And, and if your brain is telling you that, then you need to say it. Don't tell. Don't let the the other thing tell you to shut up or be quiet or don't ask or I don't want to offend or no. Because you, the more you perpetuate things that you think are right, the more you offend us in the end. Yes. Mm. That's why I love you. And there's no, I love you too. That's the thing. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much love there, but there's also so much growth that we can both have. Yeah. And for me, it has to, for me, it's explaining and, and conveying emotions a lot of the time these are feelings that black people don't have vocabulary for either because we were supposed to be complaining about it so we're doing the work with you and that's what i said is that we're learning and then we have to go and teach you exactly what we yeah learned. no absolutely absolutely yeah yeah so we're learning right along with you if we complain it's because we're tired it's not it, that's black women's way. That's black people's way is that when we get tired, it's like, leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> the culture can be buff. Like your mom can literally tell you, leave me the fuck alone. And it's not out of hatred for you. Yeah. <laughs> she loves you. There's so much love there, but it's also like, ooh, she mad. Okay. Yeah, we gotta go. Back out slowly. <laughs> on the flip side, I've never heard my husband's family talk that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my mom there's a lot hurt. of like there's a lot of like love, struggle, love, aggression in the way that we talk to people sometimes. I think that's great though, because you don't bury it as easily. You let the person you're more direct. I think that's yes. Honestly, yes. I could learn a lot from that because directness was not something that happened in my family. It, yeah. You know, there was a lot of serious talks behind the scenes and mm. uh, burying things until could not be buried anymore. Um, Bree, you know something about that. Sweeping <laughs> <laughs> stuff under the rug, as we like to call yeah, it. Yeah, and just uh, hidden and, and passive-aggressive. And yeah, it's it's deep rooted for sure. Anything to avoid conflict. That's something I've noticed in the white society as an observer is y'all really don't like conflict unless you're super passionate about something. And it's that apathy that a lot of white folks live in because they don't have an understanding of the black experience because they, they are knowledgeable about it. They haven't been educated about it because it's not taught in schools. Mm-hmm. It's not taught in the American culture. And if it is, it's a caricature. It's not the truth. So a lot of white folks are left feeling out of their depth and not feeling prepared to handle a lot of situations in life because they're, it's, it's culturally taught to just, especially from, from parents from the 50s and 60s, that it was normalized to ignore the bad shit and to sweep it under the rug and just pretend it didn't happen and business as usual and just repress that shit as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's 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 a common tie I see in white culture is there's just a lot of repression going on. So you feel like in black culture that's not really as much of a thing? 
Um, it, it is in a different way. We repress different things. When it comes to feelings of, of can't take it anymore, we absolutely use our voice to express ourselves. We, we will come to that conflict without, without hesitation because it's a life or death situation. Right. But when it comes to being comfortable as a parent with the fact that uh, my son is a homosexual, mm. we're going to repress that culturally. We're going to repress that shit. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to just make sure we don't leave them around the kids. Just real fucked up, uh, repressive cultural tendencies. That's, that's our cross to bear. But when it comes to uh, housing abusers in the family. That was what not, I was about to not say. Not rocking the boat. Mm-hmm. And not rocking the boat. That's something that both of our cultures have in common. We are just as guilty. We are just as guilty. We will let so-and-so's cousin who touches all the kids, we will let him hang out with all the kids as long as somebody mm-hmm. keeps an eye on him. Mm-hmm. There's, there's apology of perpetrators left and right. I don't, do you remember, Brie? Do you remember that video of a woman, a black woman at a funeral? And she went live and she was like, do you see that man over there? He molested me for four years and he's sitting right next to me at this funeral and no one cares and everyone knows. Do you remember that? I did not see that, but that feels real as shit. Yeah. It, it went somewhat viral, but again, things about black women don't, they don't usually get articles and, you know, remember that Buzzfeed article and remember that vice thing mm-hmm. about, we can't really say that about our stories, but I remember yeah. that vividly. And I was just like, that's true. Yeah. The, the part for me that's to navigate is I was always taught to make someone feel included, focus on what you guys have in common. And mm. I feel like right now, it's offensive to do that in a way because we don't come from the same experiences and I like feel that too. That's got to be awkward for you guys. I feel that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it is because it's like I want to be like, well, we can solve it all with love. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. well, but but that's not like I. At the same time, I would never want to. Um, like we were talking about how the say her name is watering things down. I would never want to dilute your experience or your message, but like, what would you say is the best way to navigate this? I know you talked about asking questions, even if you think they're dumb ones. So, so you're talking about two different things. You're talking about sympathy versus empathy. So right now people uh, white people are very sympathetic, but they still can't feel what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that's a, a sharply honed craft. It takes a lot of time to become empathetic. You have to, you have to accept the diversity and accept the fact that you won't experience that. But you can still feel the emotion through your body. And that is what is reciprocal. Not necessarily the experience that you can find in your, in your memory bank, but that feeling that you would have if you experience that, that's what you need to relay. Mm-hmm. 
So it's just a, it's just a different way of communicating. You don't have to say something like, oh, I know about that experience because X, Y, Z. Because then you're comparing the two experiences. Yeah, yeah and they're not comparable at all. You right. say right. what you're feeling because that's, what we, that's how we communicate as well. Our culture communicates feelings. And so when you say, instead of, oh, I know how that it, it feels because of X, Y, Z, you just say, I think I understand what that feels like, but tell me some more. Mm-hmm. And then it opens it up, and then you're probably going to get more of what that feels like because you're going to listen to the words. And that feeling is important. Mm-hmm. It builds your empathy, and then you, you're, you aren't just sitting on the sidelines going, I feel really bad. I feel yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what I'm feeling that's so bad. I just know that I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You guys are doing so good. (laughs) It's not, like, this is fantastic. So don't think that you... (laughs) Okay. Or you're like, ooh, I stepped in that one. No, like... Every everything about this conversation is is really touching my soul because today was bad. Like this morning was bad because I just felt like, oh my god, again I have to keep posting stuff about a dead black girl. Oh, uh, right. I wanted to post my Britney Spears Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better. There's still some hours left. <laughs> It seems insensitive. It's so awkward. I'll be like, oh, baby. I was like, okay, fine. At least I can get the Britney Spears and Will I Am song. So it's like. It's a balance. <laughs> she, doesn't have, she doesn't have a lot of songs. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I guess. Another insecurity that I start to feel when I talk about these things, because I really, this is the first in-depth conversation that I've had about, about this. I, I've never identified, unless I'm writing it on paper, I'm leading a white girl, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll say I'm, I'm Canadian, mm-hmm. but not really a, a race, you know. And I'm proud to be Canadian, but when I think of who I am, my, the color of my skin never comes to mind. And so I almost feel like remedial when I hear your stories about how much it is a part of you. And I'm like, it makes me think, well, should I think about my whiteness more? Like, I don't know how to take, I don't yes. know how to that yeah. The answer yes. to that is yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think white pride is annoying and weird white acknowledgement could maybe be a better word for what you're wanting to do i don't know but even then like i know for me i'm like we there's enough of that <laughs> like, yeah i'm good on it like it's, and it doesn't have a good stigma into when you identify no. with your whiteness is that white pride comes into it and to me i want no part of that yeah i don't yeah. see myself getting on board with that one <laughs> That's some intersection that you guys have in your culture where you can't necessarily look into the past of your people 
Mm -hmm. and find the good and the bad Mm -hmm. and not gravitate towards the good in order to get rid of the bad because he wants to be proud of a whole bunch of bad stuff or like look into a whole bunch of bad stuff about yourself that sucks you want to look at, at at accomplishments after a while i do the same thing with black people i'm like okay all the, all the drug stories all the shooting stories all the killing stories all the rape stories let's just look at positive things now you guys are just super sensitive to that as a culture that you can't look at the bad stuff without going no we got to do some good stuff in there i can't i can't be lumped in with those bad things because there's a lot of them i don't want to look into that and as you do it's going to be really scary Mm -hmm. but you're going to come to understand yourself a lot more you're going to come to understand types of thinking that happened about 200, 300 years ago in your lineage. What were, what were femmes thinking at that time? What were your grandparents or great, you know, whatever grandparents thinking at that time about life? How did they feel towards other people? What was that dynamic like? As you look more into your lineage, you'll learn more about who you are and how you came to be. And those ancestors probably they did something right because they survived long enough for you to be here. And there were some lessons that they probably wanted to impart in people. And they probably were good lessons that were outweighed by the bad. And so it's something you could look into, you know, like look at identify with it, identify with the good and the bad. All right, I'm going to order Ancestry.com. <laughs> do it. I love Ancestry. I do, too. I wouldn't, I was, girl, I would have still been telling people I was Ethiopian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find out I'm Ethiopian. Yeah. <laughs> one You're going to be like, Ethiopian. Point oh, one that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I'm 13% Irish, and I have to just be like, I don't know what happened. I think my ancestors have stories. Right? Maybe they'll come to me. That's the truth. I'm just trying to think growing up, like, because I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Um, I Mm. lived there till I was. um, Never been. Yeah, you're not missing much. Um, <laughs> uh, I was there till I was like 12, 13 years old, and then we moved to Minneapolis. Um, so it's just really interesting with the way that the world is now because I grew up not not feeling tension around race ever. Yeah, it just wasn't. You know, I just it wasn't something that was talked about. There were some family members on you know, my paternal side that didn't say nice things and we just didn't associate with them. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. That, that I think that was the first step of, of white people kind of turning against the tide was that yeah. you just stopped paying attention to those family members. And I think that's happening again mm-hmm. is that you're having to disassociate yourself with people that are just like fucking off the rails, yeah. racist, homophobic, 
uh, transphobic, yeah, like ever, all those are things, problems. Yeah. And so yeah. when you when you other them, um, that's something that's very normal, I think. And that's why it seems so foreign because you're not around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, normal. you're. Yeah. So but, another. Go ahead, Leanne. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, another point that was brought up on that NPR podcast I was listening to this morning, it was, they were talking about the riots in the Mm sixties and how, you know, people's parents, people's parents that are now their parents were young when that was happening. Um, So they were told about them, but they weren't necessarily a part of it. And now they're talking about, there are more white people involved in, in the protests and stuff. And that's great. That's progress. But do you feel like, what's happening right now is big enough to create a lasting change. Yes. With the advent of the internet and the way it archives everything. Yeah. We're running out of excuses to justify silence and apathy about what's going on. Yeah. Um, It's right in front of us. You can't, you can't miss it. If you have missed it, you're surrounded by people who purposely missed this. And you need to reassess your your lot in life. Right. Um, to to pretend like this is something that can stay swept under the rug any longer is a choice mm-hmm. to be on the wrong side of history. And mm-hmm. what do we do with people on the wrong side of history? We leave them as as a distant memory in history because they don't last long. Um, right. Like, do we know stories of random racists throughout time? Just like. <laughs> My uncle was We usually hear about the women with the handbags that are beating the crap out of them right. at the rallies. Or like, you know, <laughs> pushing rifles out of their faces going, oh. mm-hmm. yeah. Thou shalt not try me. <laughs> we, we learn more about the people on the right side. And yes, I wouldn't say the majority is always on the right side, but you see when there's a migration to a certain side and it's your job and you're, it's part of your moral compass to decide which way, which side you're going to be on. So yeah. if you have a shitty compass, you know, <laughs> you might have to ask somebody else, which way is yours facing? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's how you work it out, you know? And some people are going to be like, no, mine's right. I'm going to go this way. And, you know, it's off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bye. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see as like the next six months? Have you thought about that? Do you think how long? Oh, you don't know. <laughs> what are the next six days? Look no, like? for oh, real. Shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking big picture and I know with like election and all that stuff. Where are we in time in six months? Yeah, I know. 12-15, December 15th, just before Christmas. Oh, wow, after the election. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, because that gives that gives us time to get to the election and for change mm-hmm. to happen or not. Um, what does that look like? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, and it's... It, I don't want to say it scares me, because I know that people are out there doing work, and we're never just going to stop, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But... 2020 has been an absolute shit year and I don't think anybody's going to remember much of what happened 
that's not, that's, what happened see, in 2019. But see, that's not at anyone's fault because we're all traumatized right now. Yeah, that's so true. we're all going to collectively forget just how fired up this feeling was. But that's a problem. Um, <laughs> like, it is a problem. That's why we problem. have to decide the trajectory of some of these movements. And deciding that takes planning out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's some time boxing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we are speaking my language. Okay. <laughs> so that, that that brings us back into the question: What is say her name going to do? Yeah. What is say her name going to do in the next six months? W- what are these movements, or what is your goal going to be? Mine is to keep educating people, to be alive in six months, still educating people, and hopefully making money off of it because I feel like I should make money just by being. It's, it's very expensive. Super <laughs> pricing. Being Super is expensive. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I have a, a perspective that's valuable. And I think that the internet may be trying to understand that, understand that they need to be paying people for their intellectual property, paying people to process things for them. That's basically what happens when you share someone's, statement is that they process something from for you and then you get to use that as your statement as in place of what you were going to say so should you not pay that person for that that's what kind of where we're at right now especially with black voices i don't think if it will ever fully come to pass for all voices i don't see monetization of platforms like that i think it's going to be a grassroots situation with venmo paypal um simple which is another great way to kind of transfer money it's slow but it's efficient and just through banks bank transactions um that could fuck up the flow for some of these independent contract workers who spend a lot of their time on the internet and then they start having cash flow that they don't know how to deal with because taxes for gifts is kind of weird when it's like <laughs> give all gifts from white people. <laughs> <laughs> like where'd you get that We got to tax that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I noticed the other day. I was like, my PayPal is popping with white people. What? <laughs> oh my god it was great it was like one two maybe three but it was like i love you did you get mine (laughs) yes i did you were the one you were one of three (laughs) (laughs) i'm like she's my friend i want to support her she needs to know that i care what she has to say that's literally what and honestly what what i liked about that is i'm sitting here and i said how can I help? What can I do? Right. I I want to learn and I want to know, and I know it's no one's responsibility to educate me. And you're like, pay me, right? Not directly to me, but you know, just in general, and I'm like, pay me. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, that's what we feel that it sounds like, by the way, is that it sounds like 
fucking pay me. It's like a meme. And it's more like, if I don't have to worry about my internet bill, I can work harder for you. And like, yeah, it's directness. Yeah. And And that's how I chose to look at it. I was like, she's either really pissed and I didn't want to offend you by paying you. This is a true story. I said, but here she is telling me what she needs. And I respect the hell out of that. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like literally that was, that was my thought process. Cause I was like, I want to see you win. I want to see you do more. That's how mm-hmm. I learn all that, you know? So that is what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. I, think <laughs> I, mean, I think it's going to happen. I think it's just a small grassroots thing. I don't think it's going to be mm-hmm. big. I, I started a hashtag F you pay me. <laughs> like in 2014 because I was so tired of people like asking me how should I feel about that black boy who's laid on the ground for hours cooking in the summer heat after he was shot by a police officer how should I feel about that that's a problem I don't know like yeah Some cash in my paypal so I don't There's have to worry empathy. about those are actual that questions that you're getting yeah, I always get this. From who? Just just random people? Random people. Dude, my DM, that's why it's so hard to, to respond to people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened on, uh, on Facebook. I just get questions because I'm an educator and that's just how I come off on the internet. And then people are like, got a, got a private message and get my daily dose of information. Mm. I do that for yeah. free for everyone that I love, my friends, my family. I help process them for free always. If they want to pay me, even better. But I'm I'm there for you. Everyone else gets real mad if I don't respond. I get stuff like um hello after pouring out some random long paragraph about how they feel and how they need to be validated in their feelings. And then if I don't respond and I leave them on scene, it's hello. I know you saw this. Can you respond to me, please? And can you pay me for this labor, please? <laughs> right. That's, that's usually when I just put my PayPal link and they leave me alone because they don't want to pay me. Now I understand because that's yeah. your valuable time and that's your energy that you're pouring into that. That's uh, with, with my job, like, like you're not selling a tangible thing. You know what no, I mean? Right. So people think Information that is hard. Sorry. Information is hard to, to monetize. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle with that too with my business because I, I do personal training. And so, yeah, there's the one-on-one time, but there's also all the texts and conversations in between that I'm not, yes. you know, that I, I, I don't charge for, but it's, again, it's my, it's my time. And after a while, it's even Clayton, he's like, it's nine thirty at night. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. <laughs> Is it Cal again? No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're a fitness doula. <laughs> yeah because it's the same thing if you if you put yourself out there as an empathetic loving person who will help somebody process and come out better they're going to try and take advantage of you because they want to be better for free they don't want they don't want to pay you to be better it's a good feeling yeah but they also don't feel like they're worth 
that. They don't feel that their education is worth anything. Like, it's kind of sad. It should be free. Yeah, yeah. I do it think that with some people. I think, I think now with the internet, more people are getting on board with the idea of paying someone for information, but it's not, they're not going to just hand over money unless no. it's, you know, they're asked. Unless it's um, popularized and it becomes the new wave, but then they're going to want ass pats for it. Some of these people. <laughs> so they're going to want, you know, someone, they're going to screenshot how much money they give people to get a little ass pat or like, say that look they're doing yeah yeah it's that look what i did because i mean like people don't even give homeless people money without turning their right. phone on and recording it yeah everyone wants to feel validated that it's gross it's gross because then it's like why are you doing it you're doing it for the attention you're not doing it out of the goodness of your heart mm-hmm. yeah so I could see it. I could see it kind of being like a popular thing. I don't see it happening for the next six months, though. Yeah. So if we just wrap around back to six months, I don't see us being paid like we're we are possibly being paid in six months. I don't see it. Bree, was that your reason for going on Twitch? Uh, no, I my my primary reason for going on Twitch was to hang out with the small community of people that I was already hanging out with on Twitch and the streams I was following. And they're like, you should stream. And I'm like, I probably should because I like video games. I like talking to people. I like socializing. Let's do that. Yeah. And then the more I did it and the more I started socializing with people and digging into folks' inner squishy parts, mm-hmm. the more I wanted to focus on that. And Twitch isn't exactly... And I don't want to say it's not an ideal platform, but it's it's definitely not it's not specific for the type of work that I want to do. It's it's nowhere near. It's not even in the same field. But it's it's a good platform because it offers a wide swath of people who would benefit from the services that I do offer. Um, a lot of white folks on the internet who are oblivious to the plight of black people. Yeah. Um, that I, I come across them all the time on, on Twitch because I'll bring up a, a topic about black issues and then I'll get questions like, why is that even an issue? And it's like, oh my God, the amount of history I'd have to impart to you to make that make sense for you. You need to pay me. You need to subscribe to this Twitch channel. Hashtag you know? F you pay me. <laughs> yeah, hashtag F you pay me. F you pay them, F you pay me. Like, Pay me or pay somebody who is teaching you to be a better version of yourself. Because the more people understand each other and themselves, the better off everyone will be in that knowledge. It's just, it's just we're supposed to know more by now. And we're just, I think the whole point of the internet and the way we, we, we function on it and integrate together is to try to spread that, that knowledge that the more we know about each other, the better off we're all going to be. Well, yeah. and I love that you're thinking that way too, because it shows a ton of self-worth to know that my information that I can spread to you is worth money and mm-hmm. I don't owe you any of this. And like, I need to make a living also. I, I love that because yeah. I, I do have a hard time with, the whole charging aspect of things. It, it's always made me uncomfortable. And, and so I love that you put yourself out there. And 
Why does that make you uncomfortable? My, my parents never really talked about money growing up. I knew. Are you your parents though? <laughs> no, no. I, I, that's the thing. I know I, I can grow from that. And I, I, I don't train for free, but it's always like an uncomfortable conversation for me to have mm. for sure. Mm. No. Um, a lot of my information comes from elders and ancestors. And I realized probably in 2017, I had this epiphany moment where I was like, was all their work, am I going to say that that's free? All that shit that mm. they had to go through that I had to learn about to learn about how to navigate the world. I'm telling them that it's still worth nothing. We know that black people's experiences here and the, the roles that we played in this country alone were worth billions. So why is that information free still? Their experiences still shouldn't still be free. Mm. You know, so or I charge a little them down to a hashtag. Them. I mean, let's yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I charge because of them. I charge because people came before me and they did all this shit for free. There was no PayPal mm -hmm. for Martin Luther King Jr. There was no, they didn't do this because, and they didn't get coin for it either. They were sleeping on people's couches, sleeping in the churches, hoping their shit didn't get Molotov cocktail. Like Burn they out. didn't, they didn't get paid for it either. And so it's almost revolutionary to say, no, you're going to pay me now because we can't keep doing this. We just keep giving you this information and you put it in a pamphlet for February and, you know, whittle no, it it's down. Most, you people, yeah. most, people, most people on the internet don't even know a black, about Black Wall Street, even though they share the same memes every year. And people are still like, oh, I didn't know. Sorry, the same what every year? Memes. 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 Um, infographs. They share the same information over and over and over again. To no avail. Really, to no avail. Nothing really ever happens. And it, it history is what it is. But I like to, I like to say that I'm charging because they, they didn't get anything for their time, for their lives. They did everything they could to survive so that I could be here. And they did it for free. Yeah. So the victor goes the spoils. And Ooh. historically speaking, white folks have won that battle in America and whitewash all of the historical teachings that we pass on to younger generations. And what it comes down to is this country would be nothing like it is without the backbreaking labor of black people, free labor at that. And we're at this stage where we know better, so we must do better. If you want equality, treat us as equals, pay us as teachers, as, as knowledgeable sources of, of vital, life-changing data that can just positively alter the trajectory of your life and then pay us for it in a way that we were never paid before. It's, 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 it's downright un-American to expect free labor from people who are deserving of payment. It's just how we, it's how we treat our teachers in America, where they're not 
they're not treated with the respect they deserve considering the, the amount of responsibility that's on their shoulders. Um, and as a black educator, it's the same concept where we're not being financially reimbursed for the amount of work that is ahead of us. And that's going to change. I think that's going to change in six months. To. Yeah, it needs to. It needs to. Yeah, I, I think we relate to Leanne and I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we have similarities as women. <laughs> Whereas a lot of the history and the things that we were taught came from white men. And I know that's not a popular opinion. I know that there is plenty of white racist women too, but I feel like white women are pretty oppressed as well, <laughs> you know? And so that's where I think the empathy and those things come into play of like, I, I, I feel that I don't have your experience and you have a little bit more that not, not a little bit more, a lot more that you're dealing with just, just off the color of your skin. And that's garbage. Like that's not fair. Like that there's no, there's no need for it. But the need to feel like, Leanne, even like you saying, like, you didn't like, you don't like charging people for stuff. Yeah. Don't you feel like you, it's not just your parents. It's a female thing. I agree. Yeah, no, I, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, it is, you know, so like, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about it because it, it's, it's hard because I do, I empathize. Like I, I just, I do. I empathize so much with the fact that I've been told no so many times just based off the fact that I'm a female right? Or I can't make as much or I can't do all those things. You have, you ladies have all of that plus some. So how can we not be rooting for you? How can Mm -hmm. we not want you to make as much money as you can make and and share your stories and make us better and enrich our culture? I I, I don't see how people can't see that or want that or pay people to have that. It's invaluable. Um. Most people, in my opinion, especially in America, and this just just, just applies to humans, Mm -hmm. uh, we function unconsciously through existence. It takes a great deal of, it takes an abrupt start to become knowledgeable and conscious of your own existence. And a lot of people are relying on ingrained teachings Mm. to help them maneuver through life. And those ingrained teachings come from a really fucked up origin story, especially in America. And it's, it's, it's a very slanted leaning uh, biased education that people develop in America. And if you're not shaken out of that apathy, out of that, that, that sense of, of, mental well apathy really it's just it's, it's it's really about being apathetic to change and development if you're not shaken out of that by something if something doesn't disrupt your soul enough to wake you up you're going to rely on the uh the um the course of uh autopilot and you'll just you'll just you'll just go through life you're not going to have a life you're just going to go through life and a lot of people aren't consciously aware that they're just going through life and they're, they're, they're functioning based on, on problematic teachings that a lot of that just is ingrained in the, the fabric of our society as, as a country. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't teach people how to think. We teach them what to think. Oof. And yeah. that, that is what's led so many families astray 
in teaching their children how to be better because the teachers themselves don't know that they should be doing better, that they can do better, that they can become more aware, they can become more conscious. And in, in, in expanding your education on your knowledge base, on all sorts of things that, that make up the American culture, you wake yourself up like naturally rather than being shaken awake. You can just wake up with, with, uh, with absorbing a lot of information and knowledge on things that you otherwise weren't, weren't knowledgeable about. Uh, for example, black culture mm-hmm. and black issues. Like when white folks become aware of that, they start to wake up to the reality that all is not as it seems in their in their court. Yeah. Because they've been taught the same biased and not, I don't want to say untruthful, but definitely uh, truth reserved education that, uh, that the black community has been taught. And we have to teach our, our community what the real history is. And now it's, and now it's the burden is somehow also on us to teach white society. Mm-hmm that same information because white folks they're not going to do it themselves mm-hmm. because that would go against their better interest to be like oh black folks we've been screwing them over for a long time mm-hmm. and that's that's our bad like nobody wants to sit down and take responsibility okay. for that but it's a necessary step in, in in advancing the relations between the races in america we have to we all have to do our part to educate ourselves and to be and allow ourselves to be educated by those who are more knowledgeable on the subject than uh, y'all are. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah that was very well said. <laughs> Which is weird because in my head it sounds like a garbled mess. No, like, you on the same topic. You speak so eloquently. Oh my gosh, no. You both- people, people think that I'm like really in tune with the news and stuff, and I'm like, I don't watch that shit, and I don't. I listen to news on the radio once a week. What media? I don't consume that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I. As soon as I remember not having twenty-four hour news cycle, like I don't need it. The world still turns. The same shit keeps happening. I just my anxiety doesn't necessarily need to know about things as they happen because you won't have all the information that you need to process and make and come to a conclusion. And that's just human nature. Like you need like six different things before you can come to a conclusion on something. Right. If you're going one by one without it, (laughs) your brain is freaking out. The media never really does what it's supposed to do because it's not supposed to do the thing that people think it's supposed to do. Does that make any sense? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Ryan Holiday. Great guy to read his books. Ego he, is the enemy? Ego is the enemy. Yeah, I read um, it. He also, did, he also did Trust Me, I'm Lying. <sighs> Trust Me, I'm Lying is about his work in, in yep. media, internet media, print media. Oh, interesting. And yep. literally, he's like, all of this is made up bullshit. You really shouldn't trust it. Okay. I've turned everything off. I don't pay attention to it. And you go to his pages and he's, he's telling the truth. He doesn't mm-hmm. mess around with news cycles. He doesn't share articles like that. Um, he's very focused on his core group of Stoics and future Stoicism, um, trying to figure out how past ideas work in the present. Um, so he's doing his own thing. And I think that's the, the best information I got 
of last year because I read his book last year and I was like, holy shit, I had no idea this was not meant to do any. I thought it was like, um, like a corrupted file. But the file is working just fine. It's just a piece of shit file that you open and it's a blue screen. Because it's never, it was never supposed to be, you know, you click on media and you're like, oh, it's going to be yeah. all kinds of fun stuff. You click on it, it's just a blue screen. Because they're just a distraction. And they're a paid and bought distraction. Mm. So whatever, whatever the pulse of, of society, whatever that go, <laughs> yeah. is going on there, it's corrupted as soon as it goes into the media because they like to turn everything on its head. Yeah, they, they like to spin things just slightly off of what everyone is actually mm -hmm. saying so that there's conversation and combativeness and, oh, this article was not meaning this and I have an article that, that trumps your article and it explains this in more detail and it's like, you are oh, sharing man, yeah. an article that's full of ads to a person who's going to share an article full of a bunch of ads. Nobody gives a shit what you learned <laughs> in media. They're like, great. We got the clicks there. That's what they're focused on. So I don't, they're not going to do us. They're going to do us dirty. I don't care. I, I get my news from my people and if I need to vet, then I need to vet on Google and do my own thing. And yeah. if I end up on a crazy <laughs> yeah. ass site, I'm going to be like, whoop. <laughs> we'll share that yeah. information. <laughs> I delete stuff all the time because I end up like vetting stuff like an hour later. I'm yeah. like, whoop. Deleted. I'm sorry. But, but you do it. You do your yeah. own vetting. And that's the point. Like, we just talked with Dana last week. Said the same thing. Like you're in charge of your knowledge yeah. and you can Google just as well as anyone else. And Credible and reliable are subjective to a lot of people. Yeah. So I want to know both perspectives and not be told what's true and what's not true because that's telling you what to think already. Uh, if you're going to tell me like fact checkers, there are going to be swaying opinions on what you're saying Ooh, and good. they might be valid. And they could be coming at you from all sides, fact checkers. So just calm down. You're it definitely depends on the information, though. Because some people need generator. <laughs> Like our president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, media does this thing. It does this thing, and it makes its money. Bree, media? <laughs> um, I, I don't have much use for it. I, I don't follow it anymore. I find all of my new music on SoundCloud these days. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to stories about what's going on in the news, I get that based on uh, the, 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 the pages I follow on Instagram. They inform me that something has happened. And then I go and I do some research on my yes, own and figure out yes. and look for sources that are as, as, as unbiased as possible. Yeah. And people who are just reporting facts as much as possible. Um, I go to YouTube and I, I, I follow uh, uh, content creators on YouTube that are doing the news in a way that is like, well, I want to know what you think rather than here's what I think. 
Um, I like I a like conversation. News sources like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, open-ended conversations yeah. about about the the news that's going on, um, and I consume that like maybe like an hour of that a week. Yeah, over the course of several days. So, I, when it comes to the media, I don't I don't have a cable television subscription. My mother does, but she just canceled it, and. Uh, mm-hmm. We, I, I just, I get my information from my peers because th- that's the information I feel I can trust is that they're, I, I, I associate people who vet their sources and kn- are knowledgeable about what they're talking about. And that, that to me is better than anything yeah. I ever could have gotten watching CNN or Fox news any day of the week. Completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. Oh my gosh, ladies, we could keep going. And I know we've more than capped our time and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know Leanne's got to get going because it's her boyfriend's birthday. So, <laughs> oh, happy birthday. He's about to be home. So um, thank you again. And we will talk so, so soon. I know we'll be in touch to try to make another, uh, you know, time for us all to get together really, really soon. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited. Awesome. Thanks. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come and be a part of the HTC community on our various social media platforms. Simply search at Have the Combo and click around on the links to find ways that you can be involved. Talk soon.